listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hello, welcome to another episode of ESL Talk. Thank you all for the positive feedback so far. I'm Daniel. And I'm Faye. Today's episode promises to be another great listen. Excuse the pun. Right. <laughs> That's right, Daniel. We will be discussing all about effective listening skills and the use of authentic listening for ESL learners. Listening is, of course, a crucial skill for our learners, and I think we could all benefit from new methods and ways to deliver learning material to our students. Exactly. And with this in mind, we'll be hearing from our special guest, Mariko, an English teacher who loves to create engaging listening content for her learners. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what she has to say. But I guess listening skills are sometimes an element of teaching that can be quite neglected, right? How, how do you incorporate mm -hmm. these skills into your teaching, Daniel? Yeah, I think it is difficult to sometimes, you know, put them into your planning, into, into your focus um, as a teacher. But For me, uh, if it depends, if I'm teaching a, a specific course, I'll always have listening as a part of that and we'll dedicate time specifically to listening. So I think you don't neglect it by giving it the time and attention that it deserves. Um, it's not an easy thing to teach, but definitely once you know some skills and strategies and techniques and, and students can use those, um, then it really does show its value. And it's probably more useful and more um, effective to teach than some other skills because listening is, you know, everything in English, mm -hmm. every, every aspect of communication. Um, what's your approach for implementing listening into your teaching, Faye? Yeah, I think you touched on a very important point there. It's, um, it's everywhere, right? Listening, it's, it is act actually something that your students are going to be having to use all the time when they're communicating. And that's why I love using sources of authentic listening that tie into the topic I'm currently teaching. So I find that maybe I can bring a short YouTube uh, clip or a TED Talk clip, uh, and that is a great way to set the context for a lesson. Um, another thing I sometimes do as well is I assign these sorts of clips um, as extension activities for homework. So instead mm -hmm. of just giving students the traditional writing or questions to answer at home, um, I'll just give them a, a 
a clip, a TED talk or a, or a YouTube video or something they can watch online that extends that topic, gives them a little bit of extra listening or something to think about that they can come back the next day and discuss. Yeah, I think TED Talks are great and they definitely have their value, especially for older learners. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to TV shows and movies, how do we get those into the listening mix um, and how can these be used to help improve listening skills? I know we, we touched on, you know, short clips and things like Yuglish, mm -hmm. which are really useful, but TV mm -hmm. shows, movies, how do we get those in there, Faye? Oh, yeah, that's another great, um, great tool to have. I mean, the good thing about series and movies is that they can provide great models of real life dialogue. Like, we, mm -hmm. like you said, we talked about Youglish before where you actually use that feature. Um, but sometimes our listening, uh, recorded listening from course books are quite rigid and unnatural, right? And it's not really the way we speak or the, the pace that we speak at. So right. I really love using TV shows and movies for that natural uh, conversation aspect and interaction. And um, something that I think is really useful to teach students is uh, prediction uh, skills, right. Mm -hmm. right? Doing those prediction activities where you show them a, the, a part of a, a movie or the opening sequence of a movie, and then they predict what's going to happen next or yes. what are they going to say? Um, I always tell my students, I give them the example of us, like fluent native speakers. When I go to the grocery store, I don't always, I don't hear everything the person asks me at the till. I don't hear her say, would you like a bag? Do you, would you like your receipt? Uh, but I know that she's asking me those questions, which sometimes even makes for some funny misunderstandings when they don't say those yes, things, right? Exactly. But we, we know, we understand what they're saying because we predict it naturally, right? Mm -hmm. It's the context. So I think those right. skills are great. Uh, those activities are great for movies and TV shows, especially like thriller uh, movies or, you know, more tense movies where or there's a fight or there's something like what's going to happen or showing them a clip with the without the sound on and what are they talking about are they arguing are they happy are they sad right yeah so yeah i think that, that's a those are just simple things you can do with not a lot of planning not a lot of experience and it doesn't mm -hmm. take up a lot of your time right yeah i would i would definitely suggest those kinds of activities and i think as you said showing a tv show or movie it has to have activities and it has to be broken down otherwise right. You know, if we fall into that trap of just showing a 30 minute TV show or a, a 90 right. minute movie, it's not really going to have much value for your learners. They'll probably enjoy watching it, but what do they get out of it in terms exactly. of learning English? Right. So we've talked about TV shows and movies. Um, now, obviously, we are speaking on a podcast. <laughs> are there any specific podcasts or tools that you would recommend to English teachers that their students could use? Yeah, I know a lot of teachers already recommend um, Six Minute English by, yeah. by the BBC. That's a really good one. Because like you were saying, it's like it's segmented, it's short, right. easily digestible for our learners. Uh, so that's a good way for them to get started, very relevant to all students that are learning English. But what I like to do is I always like to, I always like to ask my students what their interests are. And then I give them some recommendations based on that. I mean, obviously you'd have to know a lot of podcasts in order to do that, but you can always go home, do some research and then go back and tell your students what you found. But I really like podcasts myself. Um, and so I find that often when students tell me, Oh, I, I like, I, I often ask them, what kind of movies do you like? What kind of books do you like? And they say, oh, I like mystery novels. I'm like, oh, you should listen to Serial, this really amazing podcast about this guy that was wrong, maybe wrongly convicted. And, and stuff like that. 
allegedly, right? So it's like, then you can let me know what you think after you listen to it. So th- that kind of thing is really interesting for your students. So it's relevant for them. So I think that's a good way for them to start with the podcasts and things like that. And for audiobooks, I, I take the same approach, but I try to recommend something that's a little more uh, young adult or even children's books, because it's easier for them to understand the language, the pace. Actually, if, if anyone out there is a Harry Potter fan, the audiobook version of Harry Potter uh, narrated by Stephen Fry is amazing. Oh, wow. I it's would love really, to listen to that. It's really, really yeah. good. So I definitely recommend that. Um, yeah. And now, Daniel, how, how can we add effective listening activities? So in terms of the actual activities in our classes, mm-hmm. um, how do you think we can add those into our planning and lessons more easily? I think, you know, we have to think about the big picture. We need to think about the goals and the aims for that lesson. So how do we achieve those aims through a listening activity or a listening task? So in my lessons, perhaps I might show a video where students have to listen for statistics, figures, years. Mm. There's one really nice way to do it at an academic level. Um, mm. At a maybe a, a less advanced level, it could be more about listening for the W questions and answers, the who, what, when, mm. where, why, because as English learners, if you can comprehend those W's uh, in a situation or in a text or in a listening, then you can pretty much build a good understanding of what it's about. So if I know who's speaking or the who are the, the people in the conversation, if I know where they are, if I know when, what time of day it is or what period they're speaking from, what's the topic, why are they arguing, why are they disagreeing, why are they agreeing, then I can build a really good image in my mind. Um, so those kinds of activities can be really effective. Another one, like you said earlier, is give them a sample, give them a, a minute of a conversation or two minutes of a conversation and predict what do you think will happen next and mm-hmm. base that on what you've heard already. So we can use those critical thinking skills, those analysis and evaluation skills and for fun as well, maybe show a dialogue or show a couple arguing or show two friends playing. And what are they talking about? You fill in the gaps. That is always a hilarious and really fun mm-hmm. way to, um, to kind of, you know, use listening skills in a, in a way that's a little bit more original, a little bit more unique, instead of just playing a track on a CD or an audio right. and saying, listen to this conversation for 10 minutes and answer all these questions. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you just reminded me, um, um, I used to use uh, Mr. Bean clips. I know it's kind of outdated now, <laughs> but timeless, there is no timeless. dialogue, right, in Mr. Yeah. Bean. Um, yeah. So very, I Very, very little. Liked- very yeah. little. It's mostly noise and grunting, but I liked to show that for students to predict. And then they mm-hmm. think they're, they're going to listen to when I put the audio on and they, then there's nothing. And I'm like, right. you know, like you, you, you can understand a lot more without listening, even if there's yes. no audio. So to kind of build that confidence that they, yeah, I can get more than I think I can. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now in terms of exam prep, I know you're the IELTS person to ask um, listening in IELTS is its own section, right? How do you mm-hmm. find materials to teach this for your students? This is a uh, tricky to teach students because t- listening It is a skill and you can teach it, but it's very difficult for students to comprehend that, oh, listening is something that I learn. They just think it's something that happens, you know, just naturally. Mm -hmm. And it does to a certain extent. 
But with IELTS and, and exams like that, I'll always base listening activities around um, you know, familiar subjects, common themes, and things that might come up in the exam. It's pointless listening to a 20-minute lecture on space exploration if there's no <laughs> opportunity for you to actually hear that in the exam. So it has to be material that they might actually be tested on. Mm -hmm. And then I not only connect that to the rest of my lesson, but I make sure that, for example, if it's a a four a four part or a two hour exam, it's reading, listening, speaking, writing, that they're all connected. They're all the same topic or they're all similar topics. So I think make sure that it's a it's a topic based, it's connected to the other skills. And then that way it makes it a lot easier to, to teach that to students. So why do you think so many ESL teachers find it difficult to teach listening? Like you said, it's something that we can teach, but why is it so difficult? Well, I think you might agree with this as well, that as teachers, we're not taught, this is how you teach listening. This is how mm -hmm. you share listening. It's just one of those things where it's part of speaking, it's part of reading, it's part of writing. So that's listening. It's just kind of unspoken and not really given the attention it deserves. So I think we find it difficult because we don't know exactly what to do it's not really specific enough and focused enough to teach it individually we just think oh well let's do it as part of this speaking is part of listening um you know writing a response to a video or a dialogue or a conversation that's part of listening so mm -hmm. it's difficult because i think a lot of teachers don't feel comfortable because they've never been told okay here's 10 activities here's 20 activities mm -hmm. here's five strategies so I think that's probably the main reason why but what, what are your thoughts on this yeah I know I totally agree it's like it's hard to 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 learn the like what how like these are the ways we teach there's no set rules for that but also I think it's daunting because students often have high expectations when it comes to skills like listening and reading um, mm -hmm. they they, like you said, they think, oh, you just learn it. You just know where you don't. Or they come thinking, this teacher is going to make me listen. They're going to teach me how. But there's no easy fix or magic pill for that. And I think it, it really helps when we explain the process to students first, adjust their expectations first, mm -hmm. show them that there's great value in learning specific skills like predicting that we talked about or con understanding context or gist uh, rather than just understanding every single word, which is often right. what they want. Right. But showing the students that that's not all there is to listening is really important so that you adjust that and then they're not disappointed and you don't feel so pressured to to teach them how to listen. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a lot of it is that is adjusting your their expectations to what you can actually do for them. And uh, an inspirational teacher of mine once left uh, quite an important quote on the, on the on his classroom and it always kind of stayed with me, which was. You have two ears and you have one mouth. So it's very profound. So that always mm -hmm. makes me realize that we should always listen more than we speak. Yeah. And when it comes to teaching listening, the more we listen, hopefully the more we can learn as well. So mm -hmm. just goes to show that listening is a skill should be equally planned and taught alongside the other skills. And this mm -hmm. can help our students a lot more than just kind of throwing it in with everything else. Right. And we can definitely achieve this in a variety of ways, uh, sometimes more quickly and more easily than we think. Right, exactly. So we're going to move it on to our interviewed portion of today's podcast. And our guest Mariko is going to elaborate on this topic a little bit further, share some of her best practice for great listening skills, and how to use these listening skills and activities to benefit our ESL learners. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mariko, welcome to ESL Talk. Hi, how's it going? Great. It's going good. Thanks for joining us, Mariko. Looking forward to hearing you share your knowledge and expertise. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure to be here. I've actually listened to a bunch of different podcasts, and it's really exciting to be part of one. Nice. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you, and we're excited to know more about your teaching journey at first. So could you share a little bit about um, how you became a teacher, how you got where you are today? I got my bachelor's of education at the University of British Columbia, UBC, about, uh, oh gosh, 10 years ago now. And I started teaching secondary school, high school students. But at the time, you know, uh, sort of like full-time contracts were scarce and things like that. So I decided to um, sort of upgrade and get my TESOL certificate. Maybe thought, oh yeah, I love teaching. I, I think I can do it teaching ESL as well. And I really loved teaching international students, mm -hmm. um, also adults, because they were motivated to like, they really wanted to learn English. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a Japanese, I'm also Japanese Canadian, second generation. So in a way, like I grew up with family members struggling with learning English. 
uh, mm-hmm. in my family. And so having that kind of experience, knowing how it's really difficult, you know, when, once you become an adult, like you don't have that same exposure growing up with a language to mm-hmm. be able to, um, you know, put that time aside to learn something new and to practice it in, in real life situations, right? Um, and then, so I've been teaching ESL uh, for about eight years now um, in general communications, as well as test preparation courses. And I just love meeting new people, like from different countries, getting a chance to share uh, things about Canada, but also asking about other places and sort of, you know, getting different perspectives and stories. Mariko, tell me, why do you think listening as a skill is sometimes not as actively taught as the other core skills, you know, reading, speaking and writing? Yeah, I think maybe people are scared of teaching listening skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, so. I was at the beginning um, when I first started teaching. But I think it's actually really fun teaching listening skills. You know, there's that sentiment like, oh, when you're learning a language, you're always listening. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the teacher. You're listening for instructions. Um, you know, your other, t- other students are talking. You're listening to everybody. But I think, and it's like, it's everywhere in language. You know, listening is always there. If you're going to a uh, language class, an English class, you're going to be using your listening skills. Yes, that's true. But I think it's kind of passively listening. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, they shy away, especially teachers maybe shy away from doing more listening in class because they're, it's difficult. It is difficult. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time, patience, attention, not just, you know, for the students, not just attendance in a class Mm -hmm. or a course. Right. Um, yeah. But sorry, definitely, sorry, I love like teaching, listening. It's hard because maybe the resources are there, but we're, we're afraid to use them sometimes. But I love getting that moment when students have that aha, like I caught the answer. Or I got what the guy was saying. Hmm. Right. When they catch that meaning, they catch that phrase. But it does take a lot of patience and practice to improve listening skills. And for the teachers as well, a lot of time to prepare the proper activities for your students, uh, Mm -hmm. for their level, for their needs. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I know for me, it took me a couple of years to really feel confident and comfortable teaching listening and the strategies and skills and and also about the importance of context and and the situations that we're in Mm -hmm. as well. I think that's something we really need to consider when teaching listening. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like, like you said, a lot of times we see it as a more passive thing. So we feel mm-hmm. teachers might feel like, ah, well, this is enough. But we, we know that there are some skills that we can actively teach. And you already mentioned that. So what do you think are some of those core listening skills that we should start teaching our students really early on? Well, yeah, definitely. You know, there's listening for just or main ideas, right? Listening for details. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, I guess, you know, it's also important for students to listen for attitudes and emotions as well, mm. right? Like the speaker's point of view, you know, even if it's difficult to express exactly what the speaker said, I mm-hmm. definitely, you know, like it's, it's important that we try to also listen for like the tone of voice, the choice of words, um, you know, oh, that person was definitely not happy mm-hmm. or whatever. I guess like, it's not just like, oh, did you catch the numbers? Did you catch the mm-hmm. names? Did you catch the facts? But also, did you catch that the underlying feeling of the speaker maybe again depending on the level of students or the level of the students and the number of students and the 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 goal of their listening exercise Mm -hmm. yeah but that's a that's a good um point like we often want students to just get the words that they're saying yes but yeah understanding the context and the 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 inference is also really really important 
Exactly. There's so much more to it, right? And I think another thing is is also the the, the vocabulary used, the connectors, the linkers, the, the phrases. Yes. Um, that's something else we should really try to push to our learners, which ties in really nicely to the next thing I wanted to ask you, Mariko, which is what are some simple activities that students can do daily to boost their listening skills? Because I know as a teacher, I'm sure we all get our students asking us, I want to improve my listening. How do I do that? And it's, it's a difficult question. So what activities could you recommend, Mariko? Well, again, this totally depends on what their goals are, but there's a diff- there's a lot of different ways um, to improve your listening. But it's got to be done, whatever they do. Um, it's got to be done with patience and attention. So like just listening to music in the background, for example, it might be really relaxing, but not necessarily help, like the most effective way of improving your listening skills. I don't think any of us will remember the lyrics to our favorite songs just after one listen. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, tons of native English speakers, they always get the lyrics wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're listening carefully. But I think one of the biggest things is to listen like to shorter, not like a whole movie or like, oh, I got to watch this whole entire movie. It's two and a half hours. But listen to something shorter. Listen to something mm-hmm. with attention, something that's of interest and relevance to the person, to that mm-hmm. student. Um, and for teachers like, like to teach something that is of relevance to that your topic, to your class, to you and your students. If you're into current events, right? So listen to the news, but not like a whole hour of news or, or oh, we're going to listen to the 35 minute podcast from, I don't know, BBC or something. Mm-hmm. To parse it into smaller pieces and to have a specific task. Like, okay, today I'm going to listen to this one news article or news item. And I'm going to be listening for like the main, just the main speaker's opinion and attitudes to this to this uh, topic. But then afterwards, again, uh, maybe for higher level students as well, getting them to then discuss it with someone. Okay, Mm -hmm. what did you hear? What did you, you know, what was the person's attitude? And kind of like, that's the next level. But again, it's, especially now in our very busy schedules, it's really hard to ask students, oh, good, go watch a movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? It's not like we don't have that much time to spend. Um, But if you are a big movie buff, you know, just turn off the subtitles. Yeah. Um, well, that's much easier said than done, I think. Though, yeah, right? definitely. definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a, a good point you mentioned is like just having something in the background playing. It's not necessarily going to help you with your listening skills, right? Yes. Um, I know that I often tell students to have English playing in the background when they're doing dishes and all that as a way to improve maybe vocabulary or even like for their brain to get used to the language. But that's definitely yeah. not how to, you're going to improve your listening skills, right? That's right. It's not just that alone. So a lot yeah, of times exactly. like, I've been playing music for like, uh, you know, a whole three months in the background mm-hmm. and I haven't picked anything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, no, you, you can do that. Yeah. But in addition to that, you have to also spend a little bit of time, put mm-hmm. away maybe 10 to 15 minutes every day to really listen carefully to something. So if you are going to be listening to music, check out the lyrics, mm-hmm. go, go, um, you know, find out what you're actually listening to. And then, uh, you know, when you're washing the dishes, oh, yeah, I remember this line. Oh, I remember this word. Mm-hmm. And then go like, oh, yeah, this is definitely, oh, this isn't actually a love song. It's a breakup song. Yeah. Because <laughs> it sounds really nice. But yeah. Yeah not just one way. There are mm-hmm. so many things that students have to do to kind of improve their listening skills in a more passively and actively. Yeah. In a more like um, intentional way. Right. Yes. But then as teachers, how can we check that our students comprehend? Yeah, that's so we, of course, we always have our, the variety, the wide range of, you know, tasks and exercises. Oh, which ones are true and false? Uh, fill in the blanks. Um, you know, um, let's do discussion questions. 
And I think those are, of course, like the starting point. Like this mm -hmm. is where we should start as a foundation, have these tasks available. But then if students, let's say, start to digress and discuss what they were listening to, but in their own way, I think that's really important because they're, they're comprehending at another level. Mm -hmm. They're now going, oh, you know, I don't agree with what friend A said to friend B. And I, oh, I have a friend just like that. That really shows they're not just listening for the, the, the words or the vocabulary mm -hmm. words that were listed today this, in this lesson. They're really starting to comprehend the, the deeper meaning Mm -hmm. of the conversation and that shows like a different level of um, listening skills yeah that's a good point making it more personal and and you can actually as a teacher know if they actually got it or not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so or of course as teachers that definitely start with your um you know listening for gist so basic questions then move into listening for details but then after that you know a lot of teachers kind of go okay everyone you got the uh, the main points perfect let's move on and we move into reading, speaking, or writing, or other aspects of the lesson. But we can try to blend that with other things. Okay, now we're going to do more discussion where, you know, we want to know, oh, do you have a friend like friend B in the conversation that you just heard? Who would you agree with? Or why would you agree with friend A? Or adding those kinds of elements just so that it becomes more relevant for the students. It's not just, oh, I did this listening, but I don't remember anything I listened right. to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> that really ties in nicely with what I wanted to ask you next, Mariko, is how can we use authentic sources of listening in the lessons? Because, you know, we've all been there with the recorded dialogues, the, you know, the kind of boring, generic <laughs> conversations that we hear and we make our students hear. So how can we use authentic sources of listening and how can this benefit our students' learning? Yes. Um, no. So I don't want to discount, like, obviously there is a need for uh, the textbook listening, for example, especially when students are at a lower level, they do need that uh, controlled practice and listening for specific things. But authentic sources of listening are really great because, as I mentioned, they're so much more relevant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as teachers, it's important to have that textbook learning at the beginning. Maybe, you know, oh, we got to review this grammar point or a certain list of vocabulary words. But then, you know, um, it's good to then give the students something else that's somewhat like, or related. But now we're like, okay, let's move into authentic listening. And it's hard. It takes time and effort as well on the teacher side. So you got to do your mm -hmm. research and find the right type of TV show or you know, music or movie scene. Um, you don't want to just kind of be like, oh, this is my favorite TV show. We're going to be listening to this today because mm -hmm. I love it. We got to find a way to connect it to what the students have learned. So they have a little bit of confidence, right? It's like that scaffolding, but it's really nice because it gives them that like, oh, plus one or even just a little bit like plus two. Here's something that's just outside your comfort zone of listening because it's not mm -hmm. going to be so slow and controlled, but it's something that you'll be learning or listening to and hearing outside the classroom. Because sure, inside the classroom, this is your environment to um, practice what we just talked about or to look at, yeah, so grammar points, vocabulary list words. But then, you know, once they leave that classroom, they have to be ready for non-teacher voices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, non-teachers, uh, mm -hmm. both sympathetic and unsympathetic listeners, uh, different contexts, right? So yeah, yeah. I think authentic listening, authentic sources can really help, resources yeah. can help that. But um, it like how it's slowly, maybe once a week, you do something fun for the students, like you try to make it into something that's like, okay, this is something that's going to be different. That's great. Yeah, I think um, you actually just reminded me of uh, something that happened to me when I was just when I just started teaching, because you mentioned you want to bring something, but that 
it's also relevant, right? It's fun, yeah. but makes sense for the lesson you're teaching and not just the whole movie. I, want, I remember once I was subbing for a teacher and he said, oh, you just have to come in and they, they know what's happening. Like, okay, I, that's already kind of a red flag. And the <laughs> students came in and they said, oh yeah, today's movie day and we can pick, we could pick the movie. So we picked Final Destination. And this was years oh. ago when I started teaching. And I was like, um, okay. So it was basically two hours of, of a class just watching Final Destination that has very little dialogue. It's mostly death scenes and sequences. And I was like, yeah, maybe this is something not to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess yeah, I just, wow. it just reminded me, like, please don't do that as yes. ever, but especially not as a way to teach our students listening skills. Yeah. That's, but you yeah. also... <laughs> Actually, so one thing I know, Faye, I remember we were talking about, or we've both had a chance to, uh, to teach the Cambridge test mm-hmm. preparation class. Right. Um, and when, when one of the tasks um, is the, you know, you're listening to a talk and you have a bunch of paraphrase sentences and you have to figure mm. out what the speaker said, yep. exactly what the speaker had, which words and phrases the speaker had used. And especially in the test prep course, it's so serious. We're trying to practice, you know, and get ready for this examination for your language mm-hmm. proficiency. And so students, you know, after a while, they're like, oh, my God, when am I ever going to talk about dolphins? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when am I ever going to use this topic? I'm not a marine biologist. Yeah. And so having um, taking that kind of task that, you know, students are like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I have to get done for my to, to achieve my score. But like once a week, we I might just say, OK, you know what? We're going to put a uh, like a fun conversation. But again, still, you have it's the same task. But now you're listening to like ca- characters from a TV mm-hmm. show. And later right. you have to paraphrase or, you know, the, what did the person actually what did the character say? Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of a little element like this is what happens in real life. Sometimes you have a uh, two colleagues, they were talking to each other, they had a disagreement, mm-hmm. whatnot. And now your manager is asking like, what happened? What, you know, what's, what's going on? What did they say? Right. So it's and applicable, so, yeah. Exactly. Making it so that this test, yes, this is a test. This is an mm-hmm. examination. They're going to give you a score. But after this test, you know, this is going to happen again in real life. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you know, if you work in an English speaking company or, uh, you live in an English-speaking um, country, you're probably going to be asked to paraphrase what happened. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what did you hear? What did you, what was the conversation about? So kind of giving that skill, like this is not just for your test or it's not just for this course. This mm-hmm. is, you know, like a lifelong skill that you'll need. Yeah, it's, that's a great point. It's a really good way to show. But again, for teachers, yes, it takes some effort at the beginning to mm-hmm. create those activities, to create those lessons. But once you have... Um, it's there for you. Like, in yeah. And, and it comes a bit with experience too, right? Knowing, yes. like, we, like you say, you know, the test so well that you know how to adapt another uh, source of yes. listening. Yeah. But um, you mentioned, um, like, what did you hear? And you mentioned listening before as well. So that was my next question. Like, what would you say is the difference between your, your students hearing something and listening to, to something in a lesson? Hearing is again, like a sense. We hear something. We don't really pay attention to it. <laughs> so students mm-hmm. can definitely, you know, hear there are two people in this conversation or um, they'll be hearing, they can hear like, oh yeah, this person sounded pretty, uh, like this person said this, or mm-hmm. it's, it's not with attention. It's not with intention or, or attention, but listening, really listening, I think is that, that deeper level where you do understand, yes, what did the student, uh, what did the speakers say? Mm-hmm. directly and indirectly but it's more so indirectly like what was their tone you know what kind of attitude did they carry um you know in the end because 
For example, a person, the speaker might say, yeah, right. And, you know, students are like, oh, yes, he said, yeah, right. He must agree with the other speaker. <laughs> and they're not listening to that. They're hearing the words. Right. Yes and right. And they're thinking, oh, this is a true answer. But they're not l- listening to the tone. Mm-hmm. They're not listening to the context. So the situation that the speakers are in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big difference between hearing the words, but listening to and understanding Mm. what the speaker is trying to convey. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's about the skill of active listening and listening for cues or certain phrases or certain trigger words, which might give us the information that we need. And I think, yeah, that's more or less what you just said. So yeah, that's a really important situation. Yeah, I think that's much better. (laughs) So Mariko, tell me, what can ESL teachers start doing today to improve the listening skills of their students? What are some easy activities that we can start embedding in our teaching practice? Well, first of all, for teachers, always, always consider what you're asking your students to listen. Um, That's a really big thing. So before you say, hey, guys, let's listen, Mm -hmm. um, you know, always let them know what they're listening for, you know, um, even if it's the big picture, you know, please give them a task. Uh, Mm -hmm. And don't I've made this mistake before in my experience as well, right? I was so excited for the exercise or for the, you know, task. I was like, oh, everyone's going to enjoy this conversation. They're going to have so much fun. And I didn't prepare my students enough. So always, always consider and think about how you're setting up the the lesson and the exercise. Having them do little things, again, like parsing it into small bite-sized activities. Mm -hmm. So yes, we do have listening classes specifically for listening skills. But even if you're in a general communication class um, or a test prep class, just allowing students to have some activities. So if it's, uh, yeah, we're going to listen to you know, a short conversation, it could be very controlled or even uncontrolled. Like, oh, you're having a conversation with your, your classmates. Hey, please ask what um, your classmates did over the weekend. Like those, those conversations are meant to, like that warm up is meant to be a way for students to, you know, open up their ears, right? Start mm-hmm. listening. But then on top of that, not just listening, because that's very passive, and then reporting it to another person or, you know, uh, agreeing to it or disagreeing to it or, or, you know, sharing it somehow, like, so that it's internalizing what they just listened to mm-hmm. versus just receiving the information. Okay, I got it. But we're, as teachers, we can't know, did you, did you get it? Like, what, what do you think about it? <laughs> so having something like this. So that's why, like, you know, in the warm up, try if we can to incorporate some kind of activities. It could be here, let's listen to songs or listen to the conversation. I wouldn't suggest using authentic materials right off the bat like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe keep that to like a once in a week kind of thing. Yeah, like lots of uh, practical advice there. And especially I think what you said about it, things you said all of us, even experienced teachers forget about that sometimes, right? Like mm-hmm. giving students the task and making sure they know what they're doing and letting them discuss and internalize it. But now let's like, as a final question, what is one piece of advice or your top tip for somebody that is just starting out teaching? Because we have a lot of new teachers listening to us. So what would mm-hmm. you tell them is your one top tip for teachers? Oh man, that's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many things, but don't be afraid to try different things Mm -hmm. like of course we've all been trained like through the CELTA or the TESOL or different teacher training programs oh you must follow the the Mm -hmm. I don't know the PPP or the you know this these different acronyms to like oh you must do this way and you always have to make sure you do the CCQs and ICQs and all these things which is important those are definitely steps that we have to take and be um, aware of but 
like especially now with everything uh since 2020 with uh so many things changing um you know teachers moving from the traditional in-person class to a online environment you know we were kind of forced to try different things and i think for new teachers one of the biggest things is just don't be afraid to try different methods and try different activities Mm. um of course always consider like you know the students level and there's the needs their their what is their um foundation what do they already know and to to veer away from their comfort zone so perhaps yeah we're so used to using a textbook and you know following a curriculum and those are important things as well but you know on a when when the students have like understood the concepts and uh points in the textbook don't be afraid to leave that textbook you know use it as a launch pad Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many resources online um, yeah. that you can, you don't have to, of course, don't, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of work. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Mariko. You know, you've, I think you've made us both and hopefully all our listeners realize how important listening is and it's something we shouldn't underestimate. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's definitely something we can uh, consider more when teaching in the future. Lots of different tips you've given and practical advice, which I think um, all of us can appreciate. So thank you for that. No problem. Actually, I can add to that a little bit. Um, so I'm just looking back at my notes. So for new teachers, one of the uh, biggest things is, yeah, try different things. Don't be afraid to leave your comfort zone. Um, but secondly, and this is from personal experience, if you have a weakness in teaching something, do the homework, right? Like mm. I'm, I'm a native English speaker. I thought I'm a, I'm a pro at grammar. I got this. <laughs> and I realized, I'm like, wait, I don't know how to contextualize this or to explain it properly, to give the students, you know, step by step, um, like how to explain, how to show them how to use grammar properly, right? Right. But most importantly, I think it's really important, just have fun learning new things, learning with your students, asking other teachers. I think that's the biggest thing, asking other teachers to help. And mm-hmm. just see what kind of ideas you can share with each other. Collaboration is huge, right? And so I think no one's ever a master at all ever. We're always sort of learning new things all the time. Mm-hmm. So have fun with that. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, that's really good advice. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mariko. Thank you for joining no us problem. today on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So a big thanks to Mariko for taking the time to share her wisdom with us today. Yes, and be sure to get in touch if you have any questions or any feedback for us. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe to the receive the latest episodes each Wednesday. You can follow us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to ESLTalkPodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting some uh, really great emails and we really appreciate them. So do keep sending them in. And if you'd like to get us get in touch with us individually, you can find me on Instagram at learning with Faye. And I'm Daniel Teacher. And that's all the time we have for today. Tune in next Wednesday for another brand new episode. Thanks once again for listening. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more ESL teaching content. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.